wake up 502 what's going down people uh, old habits die hard this is your boy Rashawn Myers uh, here in studio WXVW Big X Radio it is going down on a Saturday morning uh, joined as always by the esteemed architect of the main event sports show Mr. Haven Harrington Haven how you doing this morning I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I, you know what? I'm very discombobulated because of what happened last night. You know, I was so upset about everything going on that, you know, I didn't get any rest. I was tossing and turning. So, you know, I'm thinking I'm on other shows and doing other things. But this is a brand new show, the second edition of the newest uh, voyage of, uh, you know, the artist that are part of the main event sports show, but this is not main event. This is a brand new show. And I'm also joined on the line by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joe Kelly. Joe, how you doing this morning, sir? I have thoughts this morning. <laughs> yeah, I would think you have a couple. Just a few. Yeah. Just a few, you know, I think everybody who's done this radio gig long enough knows that some days you, you walk in and say we don't have a lot to talk about we got to make chicken salad with the scraps this isn't one of those days no 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 this is definitely one where i feel like there's plenty to talk about there's plenty going on um and you know what fellas let's go ahead like i i would say that you know we have two hours to get through this but we only have two hours to get through this so we got to get this going uh early and and just start you know breaking it down to the primary compound so um the first of all fellas uh, of course if you want to get involved uh, 502-414-1450 uh give us text in to the uh the the uh, thorns text line uh just for with all your thoughts on there as well um in regards to anything that you hear uh We'll read your text live on the air, so we'd love to hear that. But, fellas, um, you know, uh, there's a lot going on today. Um, one of the greatest to ever do it in Louisville football history is getting his uh, jersey retired. I, I would argue the greatest in Louisville history. Um, but we'll get into that in hour number two as we start to do that countdown. But, you know, I would be remiss if I did not get right into um, Louisville basketball. Um, I, I was in the Yum Center last night. Um, Louisville taking on the Paladins of Furman uh, from South Carolina. Um, and the Cards lost, fellas. Like they, they literally lost a bye game to the Furman Paladins. And I feel like this was the fear um, of Cardinal fans once they heard that uh, Chris Mack, the head coach of the University of Louisville, was going to be uh, sitting for this six-game suspension, uh, breaking in a new team, a new offense, uh, a lot of new players, uh, you know, you, you just didn't know what you were going to get uh, with assistant coach Mike Pegues taking over. Um, first game was okay. Uh, it was, uh, you know, but once again, you, you were facing a Southern team that you knew you had a, a significant advantage over. Furman, on the other hand, a team that um, aspires to be um, an NCAA tournament team this year. Uh, they came off of their first win of the season um, versus North Charleston, hitting 22 threes. So I think everybody knew this was going to be a challenge uh, heading into this one. Uh, and you know what? Their fears were realized in some very interesting ways. Um, Joe, I'm going to ask you first, um, just what, 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 what were your general thoughts on the game um, and, and just what you saw last night? We looked absolutely discombobulated, confused, and without direction. We were we were a ship with no rudder last night, offensively. And the 
big thing that stood out to me, maybe Locke can be that guy. Uh, he is averaging just under 19 a clip in the first two games. But we've got to have a I, – I said it last night on Twitter, guys, and I want your all's thoughts on this. We don't need a Russ Smith. We don't need a Damian Lee. But we need a trigger guy. We need that one guy that's that's reliable that can hit a that can hit a jump shot, you know, can hit a fifteen footer or can pull up and hit a three. That way the defense can set up. Because I think that was the biggest problem we had with the runs that we gave up. It was that we were going in scoring droughts and we couldn't score. We got absolutely nothing out of the two guys that we thought were gonna be our leaders last night. Rashawn, I saw you tweeting that you were actually getting frustrated with Malik. I was just incredibly confused. Uh, Samuel Williamson, somebody's got to get in his ear and let him know that his biggest asset is his rebounding. I, I, I think David Padgett talked about it. Rick used to talk about it. Rebounding is one of those stats that can really – it can get you into the game, and it doesn't take anything but effort. You know, you can find your groove by grabbing a couple of rebounds, get you comfortable, the butterflies settle, all that. If his shot's not falling, if he's not able to get to the rim, he's got to be out there playing defense and and – rebounding the ball we didn't see that from him last night that was a little disappointing i i'm gonna walk away from that game and hope for the best which is hey at least in week in game two this team learned that you've got to protect the three ball otherwise it's gonna be a long season for them yeah and and, and on the on the day uh the paladins ended up shooting uh 12 of 28 good for 42.9 percent so they weren't at the 50 percent clip that they were um in the first game of the season but still um they knocked down significant shots um and and no i i, I totally agree with you um i i think that the issues were more um steeped in the uh what what happened on the offensive end of the court than it was the defensive end of the court um in, in my personal opinion if it it felt like um Louisville's defense once they engaged uh they, they got knocked off kilter early I believe uh Furman was up as many as 12 in the first half um and then Louisville really kind of engaged in and started locking in defensively and then once they started scoring they quickly erased that 12 point lead and ended up being up four um at the half um you know and then you know from from there I felt like Louisville kind of got control of the game but as things wore on in the second half um I felt like Louisville got tired. Um, you know, I, I felt like Coach Pegues. You know, I had to. I, I you know, I, I love Coach Pegues. I love his energy. Um, but I had to get on him last night. Uh, and in that post game press conference, um, I, I, I plainly asked. I, I, I asked him. I said, you know, it, it seemed like. Jalen, you know, they were rotating the guards uh, for the most part. You know, we saw plenty of Locke, uh, Ellis, um, Locke, Ellis, uh, West, uh, you know, and, and Faulkner in the game. And those guys were rotating in the second half. But the big men didn't rotate at all. Uh, you know, fellas, I felt like um, – I believe Malik played all 20 minutes in the second half. I, I want to say Malik played all 20 minutes, even though there were a couple times where he it looked like he got injured. He had <clears throat> was limping around and doing some things um, that didn't look necessarily right. But I believe Malik played all 20, and I want to say Jalen played maybe 18 of the 20 minutes. Um, you know, and, and those guys looked like they were dragging a little bit. Um, uh, Haven, let me ask you: uh, in the second half, um, do you feel like it was? just more or less just the execution? Uh, was it the effort? Did you see any fatigue out there? But it seemed like those guys were out there an awfully long time to be playing such an up-tempo style. When I, 
Now, here's the thing. This is the first time that they're playing this offensive style, so you're going to have a lot of bumps, bruises, and growing pains as they learn to be more aggressive on offense, which is something that if, you, if you've been in the program for the past two or three years, this is what you're not used to. So it's, it's, it's going to take a while for you to kind of get that wind up, for you to kind of get used to, you know, doing this under live fire when you're just not playing yourselves in scrimmage or playing, you know, inferior competition. That's number one. Number two, it's almost criminal to play Malik as many minutes as he has played because if memory serves me correct, he has not been healthy since he's been here. Like, he's been injured almost every year since he's been here. And for an important cog your team that you know is kind of injury-prone, I'm not saying that, you know, you should, of course, not use him and things of that nature, but like you do in the NBA, you have to manage those minutes. And I don't yeah. think they did a good job of managing the big men's minutes. And, and they did wear down, and it got to them. And, and I asked Coach Pegues about it, frankly. I said, do you think the big men played, uh, you know, too many minutes as, as both of those guys played almost the whole second half? And Coach Pegues' response to me was, you know – I'm going to need to see more from the other big men in practice before I'm going to trust to put them out there. What in the tarnation? Okay, see, now, 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 I want to agree with that on the surface, but the problem is specifically when you look at Malik's injuries and his injury pattern over his career, they're all lower extremity injuries for the most part, right? I mean, I think he, he might have had a thumb or a hand injury at one point. Yeah. But it's been ankles, feet, and knees. Now, you need to look no further than Bill Walton. And I know that we've had, and, and Sam Bowie, and I know that medicine's come a long way, but when a big man's wheels start to fail them, Greg Oden, That's you really have to protect them. You can't have them running up, the, up and down the court for 20 minutes of game time. 20 minutes of game time is not 20 minutes of practice time. It's not, it's not the same physically on, on your body. That bothers me. The the another question I have for y'all: Do you think we've gotten any closer to figuring out what the lineup is? Because what bothered me about the lack of substitution from the bigs is that we seem to be giving everybody that's new on the roster a little bit of run, except the bigs. Well, uh, I mean, and that was the I thing. No, no, I, I agree with you, and I, and I think that, you know, that's the question mark, is that first of all, Coach, you know, you're talking about I don't, I, I don't trust the big men out there. Coach, you're literally playing a style where it's been said no player is going to go more than four to five to six minutes because of the pace in which you're playing both offensively and defensively that your guys have to stay fresh. So I apologize, but I don't give a damn if you don't feel like the big men have shown you enough in practice <laughs> You've got to play them because literally Malik Williams is coming off an injury and you're basically out have, have him out there like a rented mule. The man played like 35 minutes last night and you're expecting him to press. You're expecting him to press up on the ball. You're, you know, you have him out there dribbling the ball like, uh, you know, Metalark and, and, and Curly Neal. You know, I mean, and, and Jalen Withers is out here thinking he's clearing out going one-on-one -on -one and, and doing all these pull-up jump shots and all these things that um, don't look natural for either one of those two guys because, you know, frankly, they've never been asked to do it. So not only are you asking these guys to go out there and do a whole lot more on the court, then you're going to say, you know what, we're just going to leave you out there because I don't trust that Sidney Curry, uh, you know, has shown me enough in practice. I don't trust enough that J.J. Trainer has shown me enough in practice to get out there. That makes absolutely no sense. Especially since well, J.J. Trainer had a – oh, go ahead, go ahead, Joe. No, no, you take it, take it, Amy. No, I'm saying, you know, not trusting guys like J.J. Trainer when he actually had a really good year last year. 
I mean, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense because these are the schools that technically you should be figuring out your rotation. Everybody should be getting a chance to play. This is when you get that experience in when you play, quote-unquote, the lesser competition before you get in the meet of the schedule. I mean, that's why you schedule these games at the beginning of the season. It's just to get these guys practice. It's to get these guys run. It's to put these guys in front of live fire. That's the whole purpose of this. Right. So to say these guys can't come out and play is is, is ludicrous. You're installing a system. You have to trust the system and trust. Like, this is not – you're not going back. Like, to me, I felt like Mike reverted back to thinking he was coaching the old style of what Louisville has been the last couple of years under Chris Mack. And, 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 you know, more that ground and pound, walk it up. But the the funny thing about though, Haven, they were still playing the up-tempo style. But his substitution pattern completely fell apart. And let's just go ahead and say it. I'm going to put it out there right now because everybody knows that I'm going to praise Louisville when they do well and I'm going to hold them to task when they don't. Coach Mike Pegues choked last night. He felt the pressure and he melted he down. Got, I, I think he got scared in the second half. And, and teams are often a reflection of their leadership. You could tell that he was flustered by the way the team was playing because they really started rushing things. When it became a seven-point lead, I knew this team's not hitting shots. They can't come back from that. They they just can't. the The thing that is so ridiculous to me about saying we don't, you know, they got to show me more at practice. Okay, look, buddy, you're an interim coach right now. This is your audition. Nobody wants to hear that nonsense. Chris Mack just cleaned his entire roster. He flipped it upside down from last season. I know coaches don't want to admit this. I know Rick Pitino never would have, would, have, would have gone for it. But sometimes you have to recognize we talk about this in football all the time. Sometimes you just got Friday night players, man. They don't, they don't give you a damn lick at anything at practice. They're worthless at practice. You wonder what the problem is, but once you turn the lights on, they ball. When their butts in the bleachers watching them, they hear that crowd, they, they, they give you that, that effort. I don't understand why you're not at least rolling them out there to see what you can get, especially when you need to protect Malik, because as frustrating as it is to watch him have like a blackout moment where he thinks he's Kevin Durant and he should be bringing the ball up the court, we've got to have him defending the rim if we want to, if we want to make a run in the postseason. No, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I think that the, the, the thing is this. If you're going to go out there and you're going to have this style and you're going to, um, you know, commit to it, then that means you have to the, – the, the, this style dictates. If you're going to press on one end and ask your big men to continually run the floor and, you know, you're going to be out there defensively and, and doing all these things uh, that you're doing, you have to be able to trust that your big men are going to get it done. And, and you know, frankly, I, I just feel like uh, Coach Pegues wet the bed last night. And, and, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm feeling like he may have been a little shook. So as we play out on this first break, um, I got a little something for uh, Coach Pegues because uh, I, I, I feel like he was a little shook. Hey, you are listening to Wake Up 502 here. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly at That Boy's Good here on Big X Radio, and we will be right back here on WXVW Big X Radio.
one of two, and we are talking Louisville basketball here and the debacle that was last night as the Cardinals fell to the Paladins um, of Furman. Uh, and, and as we continue to break it down, fellas, uh, you know, so much to talk about, so much to get into. Um, controversy everywhere. Uh, you know, the, the, one of the things that I saw, you know, social media blew up last night. And, and I feel like, uh, you know, Card Nation has been under attack. Uh, you know, they, they've been under attack. They've been, um, you know, extremely upset with so many different things going on. Uh, and I felt like this is a... This is one that they really, really wanted to just go well, and they really wanted to be able to wrap their arms around the basketball program and everything that's going on, uh, you know, with football. They just wanted, you know, basketball was supposed to be their escape, and I think that, you know, at least early on, um, I think the the fans are extremely frustrated um, because of what happened uh, on the court last night. Um, but I, I feel like everybody just wants uh, something good to happen, and, and, and that anxiousness um, has led to just some uh, very visceral, visceral reactions. Um, you know, what, what, what did you all think of? You know, I, both of you guys are very, you know, big time on the social media and the Twitters and the Facebooks. Um, you know, what, what do you feel uh, the fans' biggest issue was with everything that happened last night? Like, 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 do you think they're blaming more of the players? Do you think it's the coaching staff? Like, you know, like I, I personally, you know, put it in the bucket of Mike McGee's. I, I felt like this was more of a coaching loss than necessarily putting it on the players. Um, but, 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 what do you guys think about you know what the reactions that you all heard on on social media last night? Uh, well, my timeline seemed the the. Target last night, and I was like, "Oh no, oh no, we've hit warp speed on our our anger. This is all bad." <laughs> Game two, I did. I've never. This is a new one for U of L's fan base, and I'm not calling anybody out because one thing, if you know this about me, fellas, I don't tell people how to fan. It's your money. It's your free time. <laughs> you do it however you want to, buddy. Whatever helps you get to bed after a bad loss, I'm all for it. But man, we were our fans. Uh, adding the president, blaming Neely Bendapudi for this for the suspension. <laughs> oh, so it's I Neely's fault. It's not, nobody else's fault. It's Neely's fault. I I I love our fans, most of you. <laughs> yeah. But guys, I, I know it. I I know the six games was was excessive. I get all that, but you have to understand that Chris Mack has that job because a Hall of Famer screwed up. So you get zero wiggle room. Like he didn't have the equity for any kind of script, no matter how minor it was. So, you know, she had to do what she had to do. I don't agree with blaming the president for suspending the coach. You would hope that his assistant would be prepared to, to beat Furman in November. You know? Um, you would think. Fans, I think, are just – I think fans are just – they're so tired, man. You know, I mean, you're the Cardinal feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. You know, it was funny. I was telling one of the folks uh, there near Press Row. I said, "I said, it feel like I felt like um, I somebody must have like sacrificed a few goats, couple chickens, uh, you know, and and just basically sold their soul uh, for the year of the Cardinals. So this is like the bounce back. You know, they always say that you know nothing's free. So anything that you get that's really great is always going to balance out in the end. And I feel like <laughs> like Louisville fans." Uh, have paid dearly for the year of the Cardinal. Hey, what do you think about that? You know, I was I was reading my timeline and on some of the message boards, chatting with the 
fellow Cardinal fans, and it's just – it's like a here-we-go-again type of feeling. You know, it was like this kind of happened with the football team. Everybody's really excited, hyped up to go into the season. And then that first game of the season, you get completely destroyed by Ole Miss. And then you have a lackluster showing against EKU. And this kind of has like that same feeling. You know, it's like, okay, supposed mm-hmm. to beat Furman, but here we go looking lackluster. Kind of look, kind of look like we did in, in a lot of spots at the end of last year. And it's like, are we going to do this again? Because this is supposed to be a, a, a tournament team. And this doesn't look like a team that can make the tournament or can make any noise at all in the ACC. I mean, we need to get this together and quick, like what's going on? And I think a lot of it does roll uphill to Neely Benapudi, to Vince Tyre, and and the, the leadership there at the University of Louisville for putting uh, Chris Mack on a six-game suspension. Because a, a lot of fans think if Chris Mack was here, it may not have been as bad of – you know, it, it probably wasn't a victory. He probably could have coached his way out of it. The team maybe may have looked better, but – Mark Few got two games for a DUI and resisting to, uh, you know, assist the uh, the law enforcement – uh, with his, you know, with, with he he was not compliant. Um, he was very belligerent. He only got two games, and the but, university allowed him to add an extra exhibition game to serve as one of his games suspension. Like, and while I agree that that's shady and that's messed up, and in the, in the grand scheme of life, is that fair? No. But also, we have to set we have to look at it for what it is. Does his program have the the cloud over it that ours does? Did he replace a Hall of Famer that was fired because of of, of NCAA violations? While I while I agree with that, I, I I feel like it's wrong to try to punish Chris Mack for what somebody else did. Like you have to hold that, okay. his actions for his own. So like I, I don't I, think he it should have been additionally punitive because of something that happened under Coach Patino's watch. I I agree with that at a normal job, but coaching sports is not normal. You know, it's it's far from normal. And you know what you're walking into, man. And if you're Vince Tyree and, and, and you're Chris Mack specifically, you have to know that the only reason those jobs came open is because the, the last guy screwed up. Oh, no. I, I got I, a new president. I totally agree. Boss and, well, and I agree with that, Joe. She is big into athletics. No, I, 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 well, and you know what? If she isn't, that's a horrible hire, first of all. Uh, secondly, yeah, I was going to say that, you know what, at most schools, they don't give a damn what the athletic department does. You can go down, walk down the street and slap co-eds and, and, and you know, staffers in the face. You can push, uh, you can push uh, you know, the, the assistants down on the sideline. You can have your, your football team running around kicking in uh, frat houses, beating up uh, students, you know, at a lot of places. There's a lot of places where these things, you know, d- don't happen, you know, nothing happens at all. So, you know, forgive me if I'm not going to say I understand it. Absolutely. Um this is a big time university and they athletics is, is big time, but you know what? At most big time schools, literally nothing happens. So like that, that's my only thing. Uh, that's my only issue with that sentiment is just the simple fact that literally at most big time places, that's actually a reason to why nothing happens. So I, I feel like Louisville is still, they still don't understand the way this thing works. Like, while I'm not saying you need to allow, allow the inmates to run the asylum and not have any type of oversight, but the University of Louisville got a banner pulled down because they wanted to be too compliant and be so harsh and be so tough on themselves. And all that did was make them look foolish. And they still got right. penalized just criminally over uh, uh, unnecessarily. And I'll still say to the end of, end of time, that dang uh, banner should have never came down, period. 
I, I guess I guess the best way for me to word it so it doesn't sound like I'm defending Neely's decision to give him six games. I don't agree with that suspension. I just understand why it came down. You know, because the moment that we that we that we announced that we're going to be hiring a new president, Haven, speak on this with me, man. As Miami fans, I said, just don't <laughs> give us a Donna Shalali. Just do not give us a president that comes in and says at her opening press conference, we're here for academics. We're not a pipeline to, to professional sports. And the U will never be the U again so long as they have a president that doesn't support athletics. And I don't want to see that happen to L. So in order for that not to happen, I need the coaches to toe the damn line that they expect their players to. You can't give them any reason to come at you, you know? You know, I, I, I think the thing that's going on here, especially with L fans trying to get used to this, the new administration, is that they are no longer a win-at-all-cost program. And we're getting used right. to not having a win-at-all-cost administration. I mean, let's, I mean, let's face it. I love Tom George. I mean, what he did for the University of Louisville is unparalleled in Cardinal history. And he was a win-at-all-cost guy. Like, we're going to win at all costs. I don't care how much it costs, what we have to do, how many chickens I got to sacrifice. We're going to win at all costs. And it's not like that academic profile for the University of Louisville was not bolstered by the fact that they got into the ACC. And the only reason they got into the ACC was because of athletics. I just want to remind all those academics out there that you kind of get the fringe benefits of that also. Oh, they do. And, and it, was all, it was all sports. It was, it was all football that got us into ACC, really. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's, that's what drove the bus. That's what got us there. It, it was athletics. And every university could tell you if you have a strong athletic program, the money tends to follow to the rest of, of the university, i.e. the University of Miami. It was a, a very wealthy private school in Coral Gables, but once the U got started, money started rolling in like, like crazy. I mean, their campus uh-huh. exploded, you know, once the U got started. Uh, you can say the same thing for, uh, heck, University of Louisville, 2013. Western was actually a bigger school than the University of Louisville by enrollment. After 2013, yep. University of Louisville's uh, enrollment skyrockets. You know, athletics, ath- athletics plays a big part of bringing in dollars and raising a profile of your institution. And everybody knows this, Haven. But, like. That's why people put money into it. Absolutely. That's why you invest so much money into it. That, so, that's why, you know, if you're a Power 5 school, that's why that if you look at every. Just do me a favor. Go to, go to Google and Google the highest paid public employee in every state south of Mississippi. Yep. And I would guarantee you it's the football, football coach. coach. Yes. It is the football coach is by far the highest paid state employee. Hands, hands down. Kentucky's the outlier because ours is the basketball coach. Yes. Kentucky is the outlier. Everybody else is the football coach. Ohio, football coach. Yeah, if you're the if you're the head coach of your state land grant school, you're you're basically the governor. Pretty no. much, uh, absolutely, and 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 you know while while the blame game uh, is is a very interesting one um, to 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 look about exactly, and I I think that. You know, President Benaputi, she uh, has awesome energy. She's a, she's a nice lady. Anytime that I've interacted with her, she's always got a smile. She's um, a, a cool person, um, you know. But I, my hope is that she can continue to grow into the job of the president and just learn to work with 
the athletic department. I feel like, you know, that right now um, there are certain coaches she likes, certain coaches that she may not care for. Um, but, you know, especially with your flagship sports and, and you're, you're the ones that actually bring the dollars in, I mean, you have literally the, the highest paid basketball program in NCAA athletics at the University of Louisville. Um, you need to play nice with the coaches and you need to do what's in the best interest of the basketball program as well as the university and six games served nobody and it was unnecessary um and i think we can all agree on that um but you know excuse me at the end of the day uh you know the university of louisville uh, is going to have to uh, deal with this uh, on the basketball court for, you know, what, another four games that Chris Mack is going to be gone. Uh, two down, four to go, uh, one and one on the season. Uh, when we get back, uh, I want to turn on this last segment uh, and just kind of, you know, start to look at, you know, wh- where does Louisville go from there? I want to hear what the fellas think about, uh, you know, how does Louisville turn it around? What would be their decisions? Would there be lineup changes? Um, you know, any suggestions for Coach uh, Pegues and what should happen? Uh, you are listening to Wake Up 502, Rashawn Haven, uh, and, th- of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Joe, at that boy's good, Kelly. And we'll be back here on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back in to Wake Up 502. It's going down with the far side here in the Derby City. Rashawn Myers, Joe Kelly, Haven Harrington uh, coming to you with the realest sports talk on the radio. Stay woke so you don't have to get woke. We're talking about Louisville basketball. <laughs> hey, Joe, you know it. Well, you know what's up, man. You got hey, got to stay woke in these streets, brother. It's, that's, that's what we do. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, we are three of the wokest. In, in, in the city, I, I have I have to give that. That's why you fellas are on with me, man. Because you know I, I know you're gonna give it to me real. You're gonna give it to me raw. I need that. Uh, the people deserve that. Hey, Re- hey, Rashawn. I just checked Twitter. Is it cool if I give a couple shout outs? To absolutely, absolutely. Please. First and first and foremost, uh, on a positive note, want to give it up to our our team tonight. Loose City goes for uh, they're going for their third championship, man. Eastern Eastern Semis. So get out there, go uh, go cheer on Lou City. Soccer's fun. I used to hate it. Then I went to a couple of matches, found out I loved it. You don't know it yet. You're a soccer fan. You just haven't discovered it. And then uh, on a sadder note, uh, Card Nation, everybody, get on, hop on Twitter, send uh, send some positive vibes and some positive love towards uh, Gary the Redbird. You know him. You see him every game painted up. Doesn't matter, rain, snow, sun. He's like the U.S. mailman. He delivers in that paint shirtless like a beast his uh his father passed away last night so mm. condolences to him and his family and uh and the guys that wake up 502 were thinking about you gary absolutely shout out to, to to gary and uh you know prayers for your family man hate to hate to hear that uh luckily he reported that it it appears uh his father passed away peacefully in his sleep so you never want you, you never want to lose a loved one, but if if you got to, that's 
That's the way. Best news I guess you could get. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, fellas, uh, you know, get, get, getting back, uh, you know, I kind of teased it before the break is that, you know, we, we've broken down, you know, what we thought uh, of the game last night. And then, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, the, the way the fans are feeling and, and, and where they're setting uh, this loss and the issues with the, the basketball program, whose feet uh, those set at. But now I need some solutions. Um, I, I need um, what you guys feel needs is the most important thing to be fixed. Is it player related? Is it coach related? Um, and, and where does Louisville go from there? Because you know what? They turn around and play um, Navy um, to this coming Tuesday. Navy just knocked off Virginia. Okay, so you know, not only did you play a Furman team that was very, very good, um, but then you turn around uh, and have to play a Navy team that seems to be, uh, you know, a pretty, you know, better than what people thought they were going to be. Um, so, you know, you got to get right back on the horse. That's one of the good things about basketball is that you don't have to sit and stew in it like, you know, for a week or, or, or two weeks if you're on a bye uh, like you do in football. You can kind of get right back on the horse and, and kind of wash that bad taste out of your mouth. Um, but, you know, Haven, I'm going to ask you, um, what would be your suggestion for what needs to happen for Louisville? Like what, what would be your, you know, for if you want to figure out what the cure is, uh, how, how would you go about that? I think for this team, it's all about knocking down shots, specifically knocking down threes. You said you brought in a whole bunch of sharpshooters in the offseason. Let's see the sniper snipe. Um, I think the offense run, runs much better off of made shots. If these guys can start knocking down threes, you can start running and get more in transition. You can start pressing. I think everything kind of loosens up. Uh, the defense seems to be pretty solid. You just have to get that offense going. I think the best way to get the offense going is to knock down threes. All and right. if threes aren't dropping, inside-out ball. I like it. I like it. Joe, what do you think? What, 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 what do you think needs to happen, like, immediately uh, come Navy here on Tuesday? Well, I think immediately we need, to, we need to stop throwing out everybody, and they need to figure out what their rotation is. And if guys aren't happy with the minutes they're getting, then go earn them to practice, like, like the coach mentioned. Either, either you're going to rotate the entire bench, or you need to figure out your three or four guys that come in off of it. I'd like to see us narrow down an eight- to nine-man rotation, really hone in on that and figure out the substitution patterns. And then I agree that, that I want to see the sniper snipe. Give them, their, give them their rifle. Quit making them run out there with a pistol. You know, let them do what they do. But really I would just like nothing else to see us identify, okay, these are the guys we want shooting in this order. Because for all the bad that we saw last night, they were still looking to pass the ball to the open guy. Sometimes they, they, they forced passes that I just said, man, take the shot. You're doing too much. You know, yeah. so it's a good sign when you when your team's not playing selfish. Yeah. No, I I, I, told, I, I like that. I totally agree with that. But I'm going to disagree with you, Joe. And you know what? It's yeah. okay. It's healthy in a relationship to have Let's healthy healthy disagreements and be able to communicate our feelings, okay? So <laughs> we're going to communicate our feelings, and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. First of all, I feel like you need to keep 10 or 11 guys going in there. there. I feel like this is the system that the University of Louisville has committed to. This is the reason that they brought in Coach Ross McMains. I believe that this system requires that you utilize at least at the minimum 10 guys. Um, I I feel that definitely the rotations need to be tightened up, and I feel like the half-court execution is where this Louisville team is falling apart. It's god-awful, and and the the problem is you have 
have too many possessions where you have non-ball handlers or inexperienced ball handlers making the plays. Uh, if I was to tell you guys that last night that the three Louisville point guards, Mason Faulkner, uh, Jared West, and L. Ellis combined for 11 assists and no turnovers. 11 to none. I don't know if that's ever happened that Louisville's had three players play at least 15 minutes and all, uh, at the point guard position and not a single turnover between the three. All three were excellent last night. But you had possession after possession where Malik Williams or Jalen Withers dribbled the holy hell out of the ball in the half court and threw up some cockamamie shot, missing layups, you know, turning the ball over, um, just – Doing way too much. Yes, coach, they were over-dribbling. Okay, I'm okay with the transition. I'm okay with getting the ball out early, getting some um, some easy shots and some easy layups before the defense gets set. But once you get into the half court, this is going to be my fix. I feel that you need to have two of West Ellis and Faulkner in the game at all times. That gives you two supreme ball handlers, Okay. As long as you have two supreme ball handlers, those are two guys that can get you a good look in the half-court set. Then I'm going to say that you need to have one of the two of either Je uh, uh, um, uh, Noah Locke or Matt Cross on the court at all times. Reason being is that gives you a guaranteed knockdown shooter on the court at all times. Okay, so now you have those three positions taken care of. The other two spots, the big man spot and the what I'll call utility spot, rotate whoever the hell you want in there. You can bring in, you can have Malik on the court, you can have Jalen on the court, you can have Sidney on the court, you can bring in Dre Davis, Sam Williamson, whoever. Rotate those guys between those other two spots. But those three spots, you should never not have two guys on the court that can get you a good shot and make a good decision with the ball in their hands in half-court situations. I am okay with Jalen getting the rebound and going because that's the system. Get it out early. Let's see what we have. But once we engage in half-court basketball, you need to allow the guards to do their job, especially when they're doing it that well. No, you can play guys. You can play a lot of people. But you know what? Understand what we do. Okay, Malik Williams gets a rebound from 18 feet out yesterday and decides, you know what, I'm going to be Pistol Pete Maravich and I'm going to try to cross this guy over, do a, a spin fade, uh, you know. It's just like, no! No! I feel like I kind of like I I jinxed him and made him regress last night because I was talking to a buddy and laughing, saying, you remember coming out of high school, they said he was a Kevin Durant-type 6'11 player. Oh, God. There you go. And uh, and I said, I'm really proud of the fact that he's, he has humbled himself and he's willing to play down on the block. Because in college at 6'11", man, stay on the block, sir. Stay Please. Down. Like, it's cool if you, if you can go outside, but in college, you, you're, you're a tree, man. Go be with the trees. And, and with Jalen Withers, th this is the thing, Joe. With Jalen Withers, I'm okay with Jalen dribbling the ball. Okay? But guess what? Mm -hmm. A – you had a six foot two guard defending you most of the time. Post your big ass up on the block and take advantage. Yep. That's how you take advantage. If you're facing a big man, like if you get switched out on a big man, then I'm okay with you dribbling the ball, using your quickness to get by him, or, you know, shaking him with a little step back and shooting the pull up. But you're not 
quick enough to get by a small guard with your dribble. That's not you. That's not who you are. You need to understand what your strengths are. You're a mismatch. That I'm going to break it down to you real slow, Jalen. A mismatch means when you have a small player on you, post him up. When you have a big player on you, take him outside because you have a diverse enough skill set to take advantage of both situations. But understand where your bread is buttered. Understand what is and what isn't. You are not Kevin Durant. You are not, uh, I don't know, Kobe Bryant or whatever. You're trying to all this clear out three or four crossovers into these pull-up fadeaways. That's a horrible shot. That's a horrible shot, and 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 that would be my best suggestion. I, I I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm still very upset about tell. last night. And you should be upset. I can see. I mean, you should be upset. I mean, this <laughs> you should never lose to Furman. They turned chicken salad into chicken. You know what? Last night. Yep. And it was a full. It yep. was. And you know what, Pagese, if you're gonna be the coach, tell Jalen to quit dribbling the ball. You know that he's doing too much. You know Malik's out there doing too much. Speak up to him. Or figure out what you're going to do with Williamson because they attacked him all night long. And you know what Mike did instead? They went right after him all night Sam long. Sam Williamson didn't even play he, in the second half. He played like two minutes. He, did Matt, he, Matt Cross didn't play. Matt Cross was on the yeah, bench the whole second half. And these were the guys that were leading you in the first game. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God. The substitution last night was just – and that's why I say, man, pick your eight and run with them. Because, like, and I get your point that that you gotta have you gotta have fresh legs out there if we're gonna press the whole game. If we're gonna play. If you're gonna if press gonna and push, you got you, you gotta you got to. But but at the same time, man, like yes, okay. So that that your answer is kind of like when people would would have me on their show to say, well, how do we stop Lamar Jackson? I said, well, you, you know, I can send you a YouTube video on how to rebuild a transmission. Doesn't mean you don't be able to do it. <laughs> Um, you know, we all know what we need. Do we have ten guys though? Is is my question. If we don't, what do you what do you do at that point? Do you say, well, we're gonna stick with ten bodies because that's what we need, or are we just gonna say we're gonna have eight dogs that we just run rampant, and and they're they're gonna need an IV bag after the game. They're gonna be sucking oxygen on the bench, but we don't have the depth to do to 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 really roll out the bodies. But we should have the depth. I, mean, the I, personally, I personally think we do. Yeah, I, I, I like, think we do. I think we got 12 players. Like, like this really whole do. year we were told we had depth. But this kind of reminds me of last year. Like when everybody was hurt last year and we had to roll out with the freshmen and we had two true, we had two true guards roll out the freshmen, they played outstandingly intelligent basketball last year. They played very well. And when we started adding those pieces back, like Withers, I mean not Withers, but uh, Malik Williams, some others, it didn't quite fit. Like, they, they lost a little mojo in jail. The team just never quite was the same the second part of the season when everybody came back healthy. This year it's kind of starting out that way. Like, they're still trying to – you have a core group of guys who you know can kind of play well, but they're still trying to make everybody else fit. I was watching the women's game last night. Or is that night. just me? The, I could the, be wrong. The, the women lost a, a very tough overtime game to Arizona. And, you know, it was a back-and-forth game. Arizona coming off a birth in the national championship game. 
Um, so, you know, Louisville's dealing with not having Dana Evans anymore. They're kind of finding themselves right now. They have talent, but, you know, uh, Haley Van Litt, this is her first time to kind of be the leader. Um, and, and in that game, one, one thing I noticed, to get the overtime started, Haley Van Lith takes the first three possessions, gets fouled, gets to the free throw line. Louisville ends up, uh, you know, getting to a four-point lead. Haley Van Lith did not touch the ball again until there was eight seconds left in the game when they went to her to try to tie the game, to send it to another overtime. The fact that Haley Van Lith did not get that ball for more than three minutes because other players, the players decided that they, that was going to be their moment. Understand your role. Understand who's rolling. Understand who's doing well. And when the University of Louisville men's team has three point guards combined for 11 assists, no turno- turnovers, Mason Faulkner got to the free throw line about eight, time, eight or nine times last night. He was getting fouled. He was making smart plays. Same thing with Jarrett West. Same thing with L. Ellis. My point is this. Big men, yes. You have more freedom. Yes, you can do more. But if you have possessions in half-court sets when you know that you need to get a good shot, understand who does that. Dre Davis looked good in the preseason. It's not happening for him right now. That's fine. Understand who you are, your your defense, your rebounding, your toughness. Uh, You know, Sidney Curry, I feel like he does a good job. He knows what he is, physical you know, plays strong, plays hard. Um, but you need – you have three spectacular ball handlers. Use them, utilize them, uh, and, you know, that, that, that's about all I got to say on that. But, fellas, um, you know, we are coming up against it uh, the, for the end of the first hour. You know, we, we're going to have plenty of time to talk basketball, uh, plenty of time to, to break down this team. Louisville Navy coming up next week. We, you know, we'll have more about that next weekend. Uh, but we're going to go ahead, play out for this first hour, and then come back. And we're getting into this football next. It's going down with the football team. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn, Haven, Joe taking care of you, and we are back for another hour. And welcome back in to Wake Up 502 is going down in the Derby City. Rashad Myers, Haven Harrison, Joe Kelly here with you for another hour. Hour number two. Big X Sports Radio is going down. Hey, and you know what? Big shout out to Lamar Jackson, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. He is in town this morning. Uh, will be honored as the second only uh, player to ever have his jersey retired by the University of Louisville. Um, super, super excited about that. Um, you know, can't wait to see. I, I, I've seen so many things going on. I see number eights all around the city. Um, I, I saw that they they have a street named Lamar Jackson Way. Uh, down near the stadium so uh, a lot of awesome things are going on uh, around that and I also want to just remind everybody 384-1450 um, is the call-in line if you want to get involved uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line if you want to get involved via text I'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that you heard in the first hour and I, I want to hear your thoughts about um, you know, what's going to be coming up here in the second hour. And, of course, uh, fellas, uh, you know, I, I would be remiss. I, I had to get I had to move on from that basketball conversation, man. It was bad for my blood pressure. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was getting a little upset. 
you know, I had all the fans coming and talking to me at the, the Yum Center last night saying, like, what's going on? I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> and you pick football to bring your blood pressure. I know. It's <laughs> like, golly, like, I can't even talk about the football program in, in any good terms. But, you know, I, it, it's a very interesting situation. Like, I feel like. The fans already didn't weren't in a good mood. Now we have to turn the page to this football program for this uh, noon kick. Uh, for you know, I guess it's supposed to be a blackout, but now they're saying it doesn't necessarily have to be a blackout. Just wear whatever you want to support Lamar. You know, wear your Ravens jerseys or wear your your Louisville number eight jerseys. Or they all know what they <laughs> want to do. That encompasses this season. Just so show much. up. <laughs> we have a plan, but you know what? Ah, screw it. Just whatever. Just something. We'll wear clothes. <laughs> they went from a blackout to wear clothes. Yeah. Like, you know, it's watching this football season, man, any given week's a blackout anyway. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> I I would just like to say that, that the uh, university did mess up a, a hell of a pun by not naming it Lamar, you know, Lamar Drive. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I like, I like the bad jokes. That's 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 fair. I'm here I like them. that. It's a strong, strong game there. <laughs> well, down in Tennessee, down in Tennessee, they've got like uh, Peyton Peyton Manning pass. You know, over one of their overpasses. Well, that makes sense. I like that. Yeah, you know what? For, that, that makes for sense. Lamar. It should be drive because you know he, he did. He, he's not just a passer. True, That'd but I, I feel like we they were going for we want to do things the Lamar Jackson way. Like I feel like did I, you see the speed limit signs? No, no, I did, I have not. Are they eight? All over campus, they have eight mile per hour speed limit. That's time. hilarious. That, I, now that's good. I like I, it. I, I was like, good job. Good I love job, it. Team. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's 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 how you celebrate a legend. Um, too bad that legend's coming in town off of a loss. A I, I, bad loss. Oh god, that, I mean, that it wasn't a loss. It was a bad loss. That Thursday night game, Miami was horrible. And I just want something to be happy about. Like Thursday night pissed me off. Friday night pissed me off. Hopefully, I can be happy. Can I know, be happy on Saturday, fellas? You know what? It almost reminded me of the basketball game because, like, Miami just employed this defense, and like they had no answer for it. And then they finally figured it out, like when it was too late, like with two minutes left to go in the game. It was like, man, you know what? We could throw some outs. <laughs> and, uh, quick some, passing I, game. Who yeah, knew? I did some quick outs, and we can defeat this. Oh, God. Thursday night was the game I've been waiting for Baltimore to have. And, and what I mean by that is it's not a knock on Lamar. Lamar has saved that team from being, you know, on the level of Detroit, more or less. They've, they've played from behind how many times this year? Two, three times? Yeah. He's brought them back? Yeah, the three games by, down Detroit. double figures, yeah. Yeah. And you you know, man, that's a recipe for disaster in that league. Oh yeah. That you can't do that. And and to be fair to the Baltimore Ravens, I can't think of a team that's done more with less when you consider all the injuries they've had to deal with, man. Like they're playing with a with a, a piece together backfield and a quilt for an offensive line. Yeah, I mean that that's why, you know, people that say that, you know, Lamar Jackson is definitely the MVP. Um, I thought it was interesting. I heard one of the one of the guys say that you know that like right now Lamar's dealing with the LeBron effect, where you know he's so good that people have just started taking for granted. Like I saw that Lamar was his yards responsible for was more than seven whole NFL teams. 
in terms of how, how many yards he, he accounts for per game. <laughs> so, you know, the, yeah. the, you know, he's like basically like literally if this dude was not on the team, the Ravens would have maybe one win, maybe. Oh, they'd be off. Imagine yeah. if Joe Flacco was still back there. You know, uh, it, 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 absolutely. I mean, so, you know, I, I think that, that Lamar is uh, – that that game was not about him. That was definitely another game about uh, terrible coaching. coaching. Horrible coaching. Terrible I mean, coaching. They left the middle of the field open, just like begging you. You had the wide receivers on islands. It was just like playing man-to-man defense and we're bringing everybody and blitz at the same time. And I mean, run. Greg – None receivers got any type of separation. Greg Roman should be ashamed of himself. It was horrible. They went cover zero the whole game, had nine guys on the line of scrimmage, and you could not exploit that. Like, that's a, that's a fireable offense. Like, if, if, if the Ravens fired Greg Roman, like, today, I would not be mad about it. Like, you, you've got to do no. better than that. Period. Like, that's, that's horrible. But – I digress. Getting to um, what's going to happen out here, even though I don't even know if I want to. Like, I, 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 fellas, I, I'm going to approach a, a conversation. I figure this is a good way to start, and we'll kind of talk about the macro, and then we'll start to break down what needs to happen. I mean, I don't really know how to break down Louisville-Syracuse, two boring teams playing boring styles that <laughs> – you know, <laughs> it's somebody's got to win. Yeah, exactly. Might as well, be you. Oh, but you know, let's go to the fun topic first. So, um, the, well, I I don't know if it's fun, but it's it's the most interesting topic to me, and I always like to to hit on the interesting stuff first. Um, the Louisville fan base. Uh, you know, we just started talking about the fan base with the basketball. We're going to talk about the fan base again with the football team. Um, I, I have come across this week, and we're going to talk have the uncomfortable conversation. I feel like more than half of the fans want Louisville to lose this game today. The reason I feel like Louisville fans want to lose this game today is because I feel like a lot of fans believe that if Louisville loses this game and they lose to Kentucky the last week of the regular season, then they can be done with Scott Satterfield. Um, Do you all have that same feeling? Uh, Do you all agree with that sentiment? Uh, What are your thoughts on, you know, Satterfield's job security or the fans' wants for this game? Are you on the same page as me, or, or do you disagree with that? I don't think it's half of uh, the fan base in general. I think it's half of the social media fan base. And you always <laughs> have to remind yourself that Twitter's not real life. True. Uh, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter how many praises or insults you get. Man, it is not real life. It's a vacuum. So... And Twitter is where the more vocal members of a, of a fan base, regardless of what the subject is, you know, it doesn't matter if it's sports, politics, arguing the, the, the best color crayon. It doesn't matter. The loudest and the, and the angriest get on Twitter specifically. That's where they go to gripe. So, yeah, I do think there's a large, very large social media presence screaming for his head. But I don't know how many of those people make donations to the university, have season tickets, all that. And that's not a shot at them at all. I'm saying, though, I think that the, the, the loudest, you know, the, the, the most vocal, I don't know that they really move the needle. On Wake Up 502, you know, Joe and, Kelly says that he hates Card Nation's Twitter fan base. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate heel turn. Right. Me on radio, Trump. Say it ain't so, Joe. <laughs> Not you too, Hogan. No, I mean, I mean, like I like I said earlier, I don't tell people how to fan. That you know, it's your time, it's your money. Do do whatever you want. I just 
I don't think people are being realistic. Like, I had to tell a guy earlier when he said, just go get Brom. And I said, I'm now muting anybody who tweets the name Brom at me because it's too close to Thanksgiving to be acting like a jive turkey. Uh, just stop, y'all. We don't have the money to be firing coaches. Like, we're still paying off the last round of coaches. So you what are you Scott Sat- is, so you are definitely you on Scott the, the hold on to Scott Satterfield. Now. What if he's 5-7, and seven, Joe? If, what, what, what if he ends the season below 500? I, I just – I just don't think we fire him. I, I really don't. And, and it's not a question of do I want to. I don't think it'll happen. And that's why I've been telling friends and, and people on Twitter, if you really want Scott Satterfield out, if you really want him gone, you need to be cheering for him to pound teams by 40 every week so somebody comes and pays his buyout and takes him off our hands for us. Because I don't think we're going to pull the trigger on him. That's fair. Oh, I think and, he's but... going to get the benefit. I think he's going to get the benefit of the COVID year right, wrong, or indifferent. At this point, I don't think he should get any benefit of the doubt. You know, Haven always goes back to it, man. I think he really screwed up with that flirting with Southern, with South Carolina. I don't care what his intentions were. I don't care what the reason was. You don't have a losing season during a pandemic when people are losing their jobs and people amongst you in your own athletic department are taking pay cuts and try to hold them ransom. Hey, I, I, I just uh, just FYI, I just want to let folks know I have breaking news coming in from via the the private text line that Lamar Jackson is currently having breakfast at Wild Eggs. So he is there has been a Lamar sighting. He is definitely here, and it's going down at Wild Eggs. They did not say whether he got submarine, my man. Yeah, <laughs> they I I could not confirm the meal, but he is there. <laughs> just FYI, that yellow submarine, yellow submarine. That's it. Why? Uh-huh. The yellow submarine with the with the hash browns. Yeah, yeah. that's it. There you go. Mm. Well, you're making me hungry, man. Haven, what do you think? Are, are you on the fire set bandwagon? I feel like I know where you are <laughs> with this, but what what do you think? A about the sentiment of the fan base, and B your own personal thoughts on what needs to happen with Satterfield. Okay, the the fan base. Yeah, the fan base is angry, and they have a right to be angry. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. <clears throat> Ever since he flirted with South Carolina, <laughs> it's been over. It's it's over for him. Until he wins and wins big, Cardinal fans don't have any use for him. And having a team that looks the same as they did last year, up and down, can't finish, doesn't help at all. And knowing that you may lose Malik because he's been here for like 50 million years and he's getting older, and if he's going to go to the NFL, this will be the year to go. If he's going to go to the league, this is his best year's quarterback. He's getting older. The league will not draft a 24-year-old quarterback, a 24, 25-year-old quarterback. So if you're going to go – this would be year to go. And knowing we don't have a backup behind him, there's nobody to take over the mantle of quarterback if he leaves. No, I mean, Scott has put himself, he's, he's paying himself into a, a corner. And he's in a world of hurt right now. And I understand why Carr fans are upset with him because this is not what they signed up for, especially after all the hype in the offseason and everything else as they try to rehabilitate his image with Carr fans and it's kind of falling apart. So, yeah, Carr fans, have, they should have every right to be mad. You should not lose to teams like Boston College. No, you know, teams we lost to. Yeah, Wake Forest I can kind of get. Uh, you know, NC State I can kind of get. But some of these other losses, no. No, it, it should not happen as, as, at the University of Louisville. I mean, we should be no better, no worse than like second in ACC Coastal or Atlantic. I agree. And I, I, I agree with all that. And I also think that the real thing that makes it just <clears> – look, man – I think we all do a very fair job and we're very reasonable about calling the ball where we see it, where it lays. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know what Satterfield's doing to give anybody 
any reason to defend him based on even if we even if we said clean slate, bro, clean slate, Scott. You know what? I've had a wandering eye before. I get it. We're gonna make this thing work. You know, even if he did that, then you can't go blowing fourth quarter leads. You can't. You can't lose. I mean, we snatched defeat from the jaws of victory weekly by just laying down and not playing for a full quarter. And it's either in the first half and we get down so much that we can't overcome it, or we just absolutely flop in the fourth. And that comes down to coaching. So you can't even make the argument, we got to, like when Bobby used to do that stuff, you were like, yeah, man, anything to keep him. Of course, he's got, he's going to be looking around because he's out here pushing people's teeth in. And Scott's not doing that. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and, and and you know what, my personal feeling on it's this, and and, and I'm gonna give a shout out to a former uh, main event sports guy, uh, Mark Ennis, uh, and when Mark, you know, we talk all the time, all the media guys talk <clears throat> when when we're at the games, um, and and he said something about Scott Satterfield when he first got hired, and it's always stuck in my brain. <laughs> Um, he called Scott Satterfield the sensible salad. He the said sensible it, salad. The sensible salad. He said he felt like it was just the safe hire. It was the safe guy to grab. You know, had the right disposition. Um, you know, had the the pedigree. He just seemed like the sensible dude. And, and I feel like <clears throat> a that's played out. That's absolutely who Scott Satterfield is. But I feel like the fan base is afraid that with Scott Satterfield, that the Louisville football program is going to become mayonnaise. Like when you think about mayonnaise, it is that, you know, people put it on on just about every kind of sandwich, you know, don't really know why, because it doesn't really have a great, uh, wonderful taste. It's kind of bland, but, you know, it's just kind of there. And, and and they feel like the Louisville football program is slowly becoming mayonnaise, the, the mayonnaise of ACC football, which well, is, you know, you're just all right. Well, the thing is, like, people are afraid that we'll be Wake Forest. Yes. That we'll have to wait until the ACC's yeah. down. Wake we'll... Forest is mayonnaise. Yeah, they are mayonnaise. <laughs> I mean, the last time Wake Forest made any hay and they were good was in 2006 when we smashed them in the Orange uh-huh. Bowl, and that was also the year the ACC was also down a lot. I mean, just uh-huh. just not not great, not bad. Yeah. It's okay. There. And Louisville fans don't want to be just okay. That That's not our expectations. Every conference we have been in, Within three to four years, we've either won it or we've been in a championship game. Every conference. There's a certain profile with being a Louisville coach, and that's b- basketball and football. You ha- I don't want to say it's the quote-unquote, everybody wants to say, you know, the riverboat gambler. No, it's not that. But every Louisville coach that has success has an attitude. Has a swag. you got to have that swag. Bobby P. had the swag. John L. had the swag. Snelly had the swag. Uh, Charlie had the swag. You know, Chris Mack has the I swag. Want, Rick Patino had the swag. I want a coach. I want, a, I want the kind of football coach, and we had this with John L., Bobby, and Charlie. I want the kind of coach that if you try to rob him in an alleyway, he's going to walk away with a new knife and a fatter wallet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I want the dude that just walks in and dares you to try something with him. Yo, you mentioned Ennis with the uh, sensible salad, and you compared him to mayonnaise. You know, just from a boring, bland standpoint, I've always said he's like a bowl of oatmeal with no brown sugar. Just, you know, yeah, it'll get the job done, but it, it ain't much to it. He's dead Flanders. 
I, honestly, honestly, I, I realized it a couple weeks ago when I was eating. It's kind of like eating Chinese for lunch, man. It'll fill you up for 20 minutes, but you're ready to eat again in an hour. That's the fourth quarter with that. Joe Kelly, people, he'll be here all week. <laughs> you are listening to Wake Up 502, the most woke sports show on the radio. is going down here in the Derby City. We are counting you down to kick off Louisville, Syracuse, honoring that man, the myth, the legend, number eight. Shout out to you. Shout out to everything you've done. Continue, uh, continue success and blessings, my brother. Hey, we'll be back on Wake Up 502. We are back on Wake Up 502 is going down. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly coming back with a little Raekwon to get y'all woke up this morning. Haven Harrington, let me tell you something, brother. I'm I, I the end. Uh, you're absolutely right, man. Like like Haven's like, dude. Do we have to come back and talk more? Like college football. Every team in the in the bluegrass is depressing right now. It's like Louisville is. is not getting it done. Kentucky's football season, you know, that, that over. their magical season has, you know, hit the skids that, you know, that they're basically in a you bet not lose the Vanderbilt type mojo right now. And let me tell you something, Vanderbilt has gotten close the last couple of years. Like those games have been not been nearly the blowouts they should have been. So, you know, Coach Stoops, uh, it, it, I, it would behoove you to go ahead and take care of business today. Um, but, you know, I, I will say before we turn the page, of course, you know, we're going to look at, at, at a little bit of, of national. But Rashad, real quick before we go to national. Can absolutely. You about Kentucky, though. Oh, absolutely. No, uh, no yeah, yeah, we're going to hit that right now. Go ahead. Hey, hey, puff your chest out real quick for me, guys. You know, fluff your tail feathers and all that. I call this the Louisville effect because go back and look at Kentucky's record over the last 50 years. This is still a great Kentucky football season. They just ain't getting anywhere close to uh, you know the stuff that we've done. Yeah, absolutely. And, I'm not, and that's not a rivalry jab. Like I know we're not you know ideal at the moment, but this is still a great season by Kentucky. They're just used to great seasons in the bluegrass. Means Louisville fans get a January first ball. Absolutely, that's what a good football season in, in Kentucky has become, and and that's a Louisville thing. It is, and they tried. Bless their hearts. <laughs> It was, but, it was sweet. You know, it was cute. They still had a they had a great season for them, and they still can make it a great Kentucky season. And they are still <laughs> hot. Great Kentucky, absolutely and, a great season for Kentucky. Like that, that's that's where they're at. Yeah. And, the, and the fans are heated. And you know, fellas, like yeah, I had a start, I, I had a starting revelation. Like everybody's thinking about how terrible this Louisville this season is for Louisville. I had a, re- a revelation today. Louisville has literally had what has been considered a successful Kentucky football season. Like literally, where you're yes, kind of just only beating the lowest common denominator of teams. You, you know, you beat a kind of okay team in UCF. Uh, you know, you, you wet the bed against the, the, the better well. teams. Play Clemson well, but kind of lose. Like this is literally a successful Kentucky football season most years. Like that's what Louisville's having, and Louisville fans are hating the fact that they're having a good quote unquote Kentucky season. And that's why we're mad. <laughs> <laughs> we're literally, exactly. and I just yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there so that fans could take a minute and go. 
wait a minute, that idiot's got a point. <laughs> that's why, like, I've we have lowered our standards to those of Kentucky because that's how I felt reading the uh, the comments from people saying, "Let you know, oh man, I thought I really thought we were going to finally get Clemson." I said, "Man, y'all sound like Kentucky fans during a down Florida year." Yeah. No, Stop literally. Finally, gonna do it. Like this, but this, this is the this is a Kentucky season. Louisville has turned to Kentucky for a football season. Let that scare yep. everybody. I know Halloween's already over with, but that's the scariest thing I've heard all year. <laughs> sorry, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, guys. It right. Bad news. Uh, that's, that's 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 where we're at. Uh, so so let, let let me ask you just in general. You know, I I know that that Louisville Syracuse is not the sexiest matchup. Um, Syracuse comes in um, with one of the best pass rushes in the ACC. Um, you know, they, they don't necessarily get a lot of turnovers, but they are definitely good at the line of scrimmage. Their defensive line has been stout. Um, they're averaging, I believe, around five sacks a game, four or five sacks a game. They they're the best pass rush defense in the league they basically run the ball first second and third down and play defense like it's the most you know meat and potatoes kind of wisconsin thing ever is the way syracuse is coming in here um what do you think just about the game in general and just kind of just tell me your thoughts on on who you like what we can go ahead and get this pick on out the way like what do you think is going to happen Haven harrison i'll give you the, the first crack at that you know on paper louisville should win this game by like 10 points on paper, if you just like you know player for player match them up on paper, I believe we're a more talented team. But Syracuse in the last three games has they found a way to win their close games, where we still haven't figured out how to win our close games. So I mean, to me, this this game's almost like a toss up. It's really hard to pick. Like I want, I want to say Louisville's going to win because I believe that we have the quick strike offense. You know, we have the deep passing attack. That I, I believe we can get it done. And our defense is playing much, much better. So I, I know we can slow them down and stop them from scoring. But I'm just – it's just so hard to pick Louisville because, <laughs> I mean, it's like 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 no fourth quarter lead is safe. You know, what about 14 going to fourth? I'm still like, yeah, I don't know. But it's like three minutes to go. I feel, I feel comfortable. How bad is it that literally, regardless of whether your team is winning, losing, or tied, you're always worried about – you know, you can never, you just never feel comfortable. You never feel comfortable. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to pick, my gut says Lowell's going to win. You got a score prediction? By three points, 27 24. Mm. I, I think the cards get it done, but I'm not 100. I will not go to Vegas on this one. I'll leave it at that. <sighs> Joe, what you think? Man, the only thing that I'm confident predicting about a UofL football game at this point is we will get three and a half quarters of football. <laughs> maybe maybe just three but like we're gonna have a huge mental lapse at some point and we're gonna give up points and we'll give them up really quick because we're i don't know what we're doing we're playing prevent on first down and cover zero on third like <laughs> we just go full potato it, it, for points of the game and it it really does make full potato <laughs> I mean, like, it's just weird, weird, just, I, I look at, I, I, Rashawn, you've watched a couple games with me. How many times have I said, do something different, you cabbage head, you know, at, yeah. at the TV, because we just, I, I don't know, it's like we get we get up, and I don't think it's a team thing, I, I think it's a coaching thing, they, they, get, they get conservative, they think they can bleed it out, and that's not where football is anymore, unless you have Georgia's defense. 
you can't play you can't rely week to week on Ben don't break or you know the defense is going to bail us out. No, you have to score points and you have to keep scoring points until the clock says zero. Because offenses today can put up on a hurry and with Mike Brown's scheme, they can put it up on a double hurry. I I look at it like this. Do you have a score prediction? Uh, just just any any like what 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 does your gut tell you? Man, you know, I'm hoping the Lamar Lamar be in there. I'd like to see 35. I don't want to see our kicker on the field. God love him. Give him a week off. Let him get his let him get his head right. 35-28. Okay. But man, I am not. I'm like Haven. I'm not putting money on on this team. No. I, yeah. No. I, I I agree with you. I mean, it's it's tough, man. Like it, it is. It, it is tough to to trust anything. Um, I I will say this. Um. I think that Louisville's going to win the game. I, I think that Syracuse is very – like Louisville, the one thing about Louisville that I know about them is that they've played well every game except for the first half of um, Ole Miss. They, they, played, they played well in the second half of that game. So I, I feel like Louisville is going to score enough points to where – even Satterfield can't mess it up. And, and I think that they will win. I think that the extra juice from Lamar being there will help. Um, and I think that they will win, but I think it's going to be uninspiring because they're still not going to win the way they should. Like I, like normally, if I would say 42-21 Louisville and, and say that Louisville's going to win this game because that's what Louisville should win by. Uh, with the teams that they have out there, with the talent that Louisville has, Louisville should win this game by three touchdowns. They what, should. What's going to happen? It's going to be 31. They're a three-point pick. 31-28. Louisville's going to win, and everybody's going to be pissed off, except for the fact that Lamar's there. And Scott Satterfield, understand that nobody in that stadium is there for you, brother, today. Everybody that's in there, if it's a nice crowd, and I don't, still don't know if it's going to be a nice crowd. I feel like it is because the city loves Lamar Jackson. The only reason that anybody's going to be there is for him. And that, you, That's true. You but need you to know, figure it out. You know what else – you know what else about this city that we do? We all have a bad habit of it. And I am I am numero uno, so I'm not. This is not me deflecting or projecting on anybody else. I'm guilty of this. I walk outside, man, check the weather, and I, I determine right then and there: is this worth going to watch a Scott Satterfield product? Like, do I really want to risk catching a cold for this? <laughs> like, I can deal with with having the sniffles and the stopped up head and having to take you know Zyrtec and all that good stuff for a week. If, if it's going to be fun, I've done that for years. But if I'm just going to stand out there and be cold, man, I'm 39. My bones are too old for this nonsense. Terrible, terrible. I know. I agree with you. And Louisville fan, that's the one thing about this city is that you know, being in a big city, we have plenty of things that we can do. We don't have to come out there and support you, and we won't. I mean, un- unfortunately, <laughs> this is a, this is a big city. This is not uh, Tuscaloosa. Not this Mayberry. is not. Uh, Tallahassee. This is not, you know, some little podunk town where the, you know, the school is all we have. We have plenty of things to do with our time. So if you don't go out there and put something out there worth doing, if you can't be a show and put on a show like that number eight, the man that you're honoring out there, you need to figure out something. And if you can't figure it out, you got to pack your bags. Hey, this is Wake Up Five Hundred Two. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly. We got one more segment left. Time's flying when you're having fun, and we'll be back on Big Exports Radio WXVW.
Mama, there goes that man. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, man. Get watching those highlights right there. And just remembering who this dude is. If you ever loved Louisville football, you owe it to this man to get out there today, stand up, and appreciate greatness. In my opinion, the greatest offensive weapon in college football history was Lamar Jackson. And for that, he deserves this honor today. He deserves to have a full stadium. He deserves all the praise, love, and appreciation for anything and everything that he did for the University of Louisville. He still wears that those Cardinal colors proud. He represents Louisville the way you want to be represented. And you know what, fellas? I got chills with that right there. I mean, Lamar made me believe God is real, so I don't really know what more to say. <laughs> That not only is God real, he does actually love us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I promise. That dude right there, man. Whew. I mean. And honestly, guys, let's just talk about that for a minute. It's rare at our age, you know, that you can watch a player that does make you feel like a kid again. You know, I always think about how John Madden used to just love talking about Brett Favre out there slinging it. You know, he's just like a big kid. And I always thought that was kind of corny. You know, like grown man playing quarterback. He is a big kid. But Lamar made me feel like a kid watching Barry Sanders or, or, or Jerry Rice again. You know, those, those legends where you just know you're watching something that you're probably not going to get the privilege of seeing again in, a, in, in this lifetime. No, it's, it's no. generational talent. I mean, and, and for someone like that to come through the University of Louisville, it's just like it's all inspiring. <laughs> I mean, it really is that we got to watch him day in, day out, Saturday in, Saturday out, do his thing here in the red, white, and black. And it's, and it's just amazing, you know, just to watch him do his thing, especially remember going to uh, my favorite game, the Florida State game, where Rashawn and I were down on the field by the, by the butterfly, number 13, as we just mm-hmm. decimate Florida State. <laughs> that was an unbelievable day. It was just un- – I mean, that was like – Florida State's supposed to be really good. They were ranked. Everybody Layla was, Ali was in the house. Everybody was ecstatic. Everybody was, like, really, you know, pumped up and excited. The whole place was just rocking from the time to – from kickoff. And, you know, he just puts on a show. Puts – I mean – That was the – go ahead. No, so he was so good. My sister was in town for that game. And she is, like, a diehard, a super diehard Florida State fan. And even she wasn't mad that they lost the way they lost. I mean, you got to recognize greatness. And that was before I had, I had linked up with you guys. You know, we were doing this together. I don't know if y'all, y'all know this or remember it. I was actually the MC for college game day for that game. If you can believe that. Oh, really? ESPN oh, wow. paid me. They gave me a check for this, fellas. Drew Diener called me and said, I got a job that I think you'd be perfect for, and if you say no, I don't know who we're going to get to do it. <laughs> and I said, what's the, what's the gig? He said, be the MC of college game day. Every time they roll to a commercial break, you've got to hype up all the fans and get them doing cards chants and all that. I said, 
And he said, and then drive around on a golf cart with a camera crew and interview tailgating tailgaters about food. I said, so we're going to grill and start a small riot in the in Cardinal parking lot. Yeah, that's what that's what they put me on earth to do. <laughs> You'll get this, fellas. But it was the easiest gig on earth because there was no hyping them up. If anything, I spent all the time when they would go back on camera telling people, hey, y'all got to chill. Like, bring it down a notch. Oh, it was amazing. So just, And also, how, would, how much money would you all have wagered if I told you when the Yum Center opened up? How much money would you have lost to me betting that the Yum that, that if I told you, but Cardinal Stadium will host college game day for football two times before it ever comes to the Yum for basketball. Still hadn't been here for the, for basketball. Yeah, I would have taken up on That's that because Lamar Jackson, because <laughs> he's the man. I mean, he's the man, and retire his jersey. And the fact we're doing it now while he's still young, he can still enjoy it. We can enjoy it with them. We can still recruit off of it. Yes, it's 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 even better because a lot of times when retired numbers and things of that nature, you know the the players way past his prime. Isn't like his fifties or sixties. The only people that really remember him playing are like your grandparents, and they have to tell you stories and, and relay stories and show you grainy YouTube video footage of what like how good he was. So it's just so awesome to do it when he's still in his prime. I mean, he's still in his prime, and to be able to retire his jersey while he's still in his prime, where he can enjoy it, the city of Baltimore can enjoy it, the city of Louisville can enjoy it. It's awesome. And we can all have fond memories because it wasn't that long ago. It's even better. Living legend, fellas. And he's only 24 years old. And now we got to build a statue. He can't even rent a car yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's 24. He's, I mean, and, and not means- only did he do it at Louisville, like sometimes you have guys like, um, Oh, what was the quarterback for Houston that was like setting all the records? Um, Andre Ware. Andre, Andre Ware. Ware. You, you've you've had guys like Andre Ware, and you've had Charlie Ward. Even though Charlie Ward, of course, decided he was going to play basketball, which I feel like was a good decision for him. You know, you've had some of he these was still guys. Still the best QB in New York at that time. Yeah, yeah, true, fair. <laughs> uh, you know, you have guys like uh, like Tommy Frazier that were like otherworldly at college, but you know, so many of these guys, especially when you're these these kind of um, versatile kind of two way players, uh, to where you can do things with the arm of your legs. Usually, those guys don't go on to any success um, at the professional level anywhere near what they did in college. So the fact that Lamar Jackson was able to do what he did at the University of Louisville and then back it up by being as good and making NFL players look as silly as he made college players look on a night-in, night-out basis just tells you the type of athlete and person and player that you're dealing with. Like, I'll continue to say it. I don't personally think – like, the Baltimore Ravens have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Um, you know, they, they have a franchise left tackle that's good, but he's been hurt the last two years in Ronnie Stanley. Um, you know, the, their offensive weapons, they finally got Rashad Bateman in the, in, the, um, in the draft this year, and they did bring over Sammy Watkins. So they're finally at least getting a decent uh, wide receiver talent. Um, but you know, Gus Edwards was a nobody that didn't even, you know, didn't, uh, you know, he didn't even get drafted. Uh, like you know, the, the Raiders picked him up off the scrap heap as a rookie, and the kid ran for 700 yards. You know why? Because he was in the backfield with Lamar Jackson. You know, I mean, uh, you know, they, they go and they bring Mark in- Ingram, who people thought was pretty much done with. Ingram runs for 1,400 yards. You know why? Because he was in the backfield with Lamar Jackson. Both those guys did that the same year. Like this dude. 
is unlike anything that we've ever seen on a football field. And people see it week in and week out. And just like it was in college, people believe like, dude, this can't be real. He's doing something. It's some trick up his sleeve. And at some point we're going to figure him out. No, he's just that damn good. You can't figure out greatness. You know, exactly. I really wish our fans would learn to take a deep breath and just laugh hysterically at, at the NFL pundits. Man, ignore what the guys on, on TV say about Lamar, okay? Seriously, ignore that. Mm-hmm. Get on Twitter and see the tweets from his opponents. When Von Miller said, man, I can't imagine getting to play with a guy like that, all you got to do is get him an offensive line. No offense to anybody he plays with, but literally any running back, somebody to toss it to, man, and you build a good defense, you're winning Super Bowls for a decade. He's one-man offense. Uh, read what guys like Aaron Donald say. I don't care what Skip Bayless has to say. And I've gotten to a point where I really don't care what a lot of former players say because they're not players anymore. They're now talking heads, and they understand the game is to just give hot takes. You know? Oh, I thought it was hilarious. Steve, Steve, Stephen A. Smith comes out uh, after the, <laughs> the the Ravens lose on Thursday Night Football and says, Stephen A. Smith says Lamar Jackson's uh, MVP candidacy is in danger. It's like – <laughs> Come on, sir, sure, man, because you got to have something to talk about on a Thursday <laughs> night and a Friday morning, right? That's the name of the game, man. We know. Yes. So, like fans, I'm telling y'all, take a peek behind the curtain. This stuff is manufactured. Of course, they it don't is. believe that. Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith have been on this earth and have seen enough football. They know Lamar's special, but saying that Lamar's special doesn't move the ratings needle. So they come out here and they pick at him. Go and look at what the guys that spent 60 minutes on the field chasing him around had to say about it. Because they'll tell you, oh, he's, he's the best in the league. He is. Yeah. And he's, he's the best of the new generation of quarterbacks. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. is the new prototype. You know, the prototype used to be that 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six quarterback that can stand there like a statue. Statuesque. Like Dan, yeah, like Dan Marino. They can stand back there. Jeff George. They could barely move around. Drew Bledsoe. And had a rocket of an arm. And then it changed <laughs> a little bit. Okay, so now we want a quarterback that's kind of mobile, that's maybe not so much of a statue. So then you kind of moved a little bit to like your Aaron Rodgers types. And I'm not Carson really Wentz. fast. I can move around a little bit. Like Tom Brady. I'm not really fast. I can kind of move around a little bit and avoid tackles. I'm heady guy. I can throw darts. Now it's Russell the Pat- Wilson. Yeah. Uh-huh. But now it's the Patrick Mahomes types. Now it's the, you know, yeah, well, actually Russell Wilson kind of fits in that, you know, mm-hmm. in that category. Deshaun Watson's kind of fits in that category. Now it's a whole new era of quarterback in the league. Now you don't have to be 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. It's okay to be 6'2". Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow's athletic. Yeah, it's, it's okay to be 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, and Lamar Jackson is the best of the new crop running backs. He, he is the best. It- He's the pinnacle already at 24 of the new crop running backs, of that, of that new generation. Yeah, I've never to looked to, to football guys as being the progressive types or the ones to catch on on a trend. You know, it's a copycat league, has been forever. But it, it, it is refreshing to see that I feel like, and maybe this is, you know, maybe ignorance is bliss, but it does seem like we're getting away from that age-old narrative that black quarterbacks can't play in the NFL. Oh, no. You know, and I'm not going to get into the different reasons and the different excuses, but, you know, it used to be, look at Warren Moon. I don't need to say anything else. Yeah. And now you're looking at the best quarterbacks in the league outside of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you're going Patrick and Tom Brady. 
you know, but they're on their way out the door to Haven's point. The new era of, of quarterbacks, they're mobile guys. They're young guys. With the speed and the complexity of defenses in the NFL, you just can't Absolutely. have a guy who can't move because guys are you, you're, they're just not going to be able to block long enough. And mm-hmm. you know, if you can't move, if you can't get on your horse and at least get out of the way um, and make something happen with your legs, like you can't just be a standstill, throw the ball anymore. Like it just doesn't work. Like you have to be able to make guys miss, get outside the pocket, be able to throw on the run. You know, like like John Elway. John Elway was before his time. Like John Elway would be like literally the perfect quarterback. Like Lamar Jackson is is definitely, uh, you know, the 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 pinnacle of what we have now. But I feel like John Elway. In today's age. John was Cam Newton before Cam Newton. Absolutely, like like John Elway would be the the exactly what everybody would want uh, in a quarterback. But that's that's where the game is going because you have to. Not Steve Young, another one, would be perfect uh, for today's day and age because that's what the game needs and that's what the game requires. So you know, I mean, it, it is, and I think that Lamar just because you know. Um, <laughs> He's not uh, your traditional-looking, traditional-sounding quarterback. Um, that, that, that has worked against him. I feel like that's why you know we see Patrick Mahomes doing all the State Farm commercials and all that stuff, and that's fine. It's all good. Um, but you can't take away what that man is. And when you know, I, I hear people on, on you know, what Wake Up NFL and Outkick the Coverage and stuff, and, and they're, they're asking, is this man the best player in the NFL? I, I think unequivocally – Yes, yes. I, I think he's the best player in the NFL. Uh, and, and he, you know, I, I, I just – I'm sorry. When, when you're eighth in passing yards, sixth in rushing yards, and you're the same dude, that's just yeah. – that's never been seen before. Well, and to your point about, you know, we keep going back to the, the air quotes traditional quarterback. Guys, I mean, we're what? Ten years away from the Russell Wilsons, the Lamar Jacksons, the Patrick Mahomes, the – if Deshaun Watson's case clears up, you know, Justin Fields, those guys, we're a decade away from them playing where the term traditional quarterback gets flipped. Yeah. And it's no longer that six foot five, 230 pound strapping all American buck, you know, <laughs> buck. <that> it, there's <laughs> no, like, it used I mean, to, Trey Lance, look at Trey Lance, joke. you know, I mean, the, 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 that's the guy that they want now, you know, the, the, the uh, rookie well, out at, at the, with the 49ers. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. I left when uh, when the Bills dropped drafted Josh Allen, and of course I was wrong. He's turned out to be good. But I said, man, this just feels like Buffalo went to build a bear and said, "Give me a traditional looking bear, you know, <laughs> six foot five, give me a good jawline, and just <laughs> rocket arm, and he can just fire it." You know, dude looks like it. Like if Hollywood is casting for a quarterback, this is who they pick. But he's right? also a runner. A lot of people don't give Josh mm-hmm. Allen credit for how he runs. Yeah, he had more rushing touchdowns than Lamar last he's year. He's athletic. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 he's like Roethlisberger, man. People, people forget Ben. Big Ben showed up at the combine. I don't. And y'all probably will Google it because you won't believe me. He ran a four seven forty. Now I believe it because I remember him tossing up uh, Gillyhammer's defense in the bowl game, which is why Gillyhammer <laughs> got fired like that, like after the game by Bobby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, it's hey, it's a it's a new day and age, fellas. And uh, n- number eight is right there. So, so, so over under. I- I'm gonna ask you all this, and this will be what we uh, play out to. Over under, two years for Lamar Jackson to get his statue. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna say over because I, mean, had, I think the athletic department's have to save their money up <laughs> to fire Satterfield <laughs> for buyouts. <laughs> 
said over. <laughs> That's well, like, just in case. Better. Yeah, I'm going to say over because I think it takes like three years worth of paperwork and, and processing to make sure that, that that big spot out on uh, on Blankenbaker Parkway doesn't think you're building a golden calf and a false god <laughs> to, uh, to worship. <laughs> so, you know, we want to – Louisville's trying to clean their act up. We don't want to upset anybody, so we got we got to check all the ba- – but seriously, I, I think I think the, the statue will come. I think that'll be after he's retired from the league. There we go. Well, hey, fellas, I appreciate it, and, and I'll just say I think that they're going to announce a statue within the next two years. I don't know if it'll be – of course, it won't be done that soon, but I think they're going to announce it within two years. That's just my, my personal opinion. I don't have no, no inside knowledge. I just think of that. that you know, I think that's going to be the case. But, fellas, uh, it's about that time for us to get on out of here. I'm going to play out with some Lamar Jackson highlights, uh, as number eight has definitely earned that. Haven Harrington, appreciate you this morning. Joe, I appreciate you. Uh, and you know what, Card Nation, we appreciate y'all. Number eight, uh, this one's for you, my brother. Go ahead and play you out just like this because you deserve it. Hey, this is Wake Up 502. Stay woke and we out of here.